Welcome to Cinematic Be Christian. So, for any new viewers out there, what we need to do I love this bit. is I really that we do. need to say each of our names. Yes. Yes. I'm Tristan. Good job. My name is Daisy. I'm Glenny. My name is Matt. Can we go on? Yeah. So, thank you, Tristan. Thank you for keeping us in line <laughs> for our viewers. Um, I know they appreciate it a lot. I've gotten several emails just this week. Of that, no, I'm just kidding. I haven't got anything. Oh my god, that's oh. so messed what? up. <laughs> what? Like, you, like, you made me feel up here, now I just feel like six feet under. I love you. Okay. <laughs> um, so the movie we ended up doing was Cruella. <laughs> and to be honest, it was more of a convenience thing. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so we're telling the audience. <laughs> it wasn't like, it's not like we said, oh yeah, let's do Cruella. It was more like, we went to youth one day and we watched yeah. the podcast. We're healthy guys. with the youth and they put Cruella on, so we decided to do Cruella. Okay? Good movie. I like it. Not soundtrack. Spectacular. The soundtrack is good. I'm not a big fan of Emma Stone. Um, only because, like, she plays, like, some pretty mean characters. So I think, like, that just, like, resonates. I don't know. I just see her as, like, a mean. Like, she plays it too well. Huh? She plays it too well. Yeah, like she's a good actor, actress, actress. <clears throat> yeah, no, she's good. She just is mean. <laughs> it's like, uh, like she's an actress that can only play one person, like Zach Galifianakis. Like oh, everybody sees him as the funny guy, the guy from The Hangover, the guy from Due Date, Robert mm -hmm. Downey Jr. You're gonna see him as Iron Man. No, I don't. DJ, that's a bad. That's a bad example. Okay, uh, Thor. The guy who plays Thor. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it was a good movie. Starts out. Spoiler alert! Warning, because yeah, spoiler alert. We're about to say the whole. Bless you, Daisy. We're gonna say the whole summary of the movie, the whole plot. Um. So, spoiler alert. And then, all right, spoiler. The summary of the movie we're about to reveal. Starts out. Corella's in a car in school. Where is she? In a car? In school. In school. In school. She's acting up. Actually, it starts with her birth. Okay, it starts with her birth. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was a naked baby at the beginning. There's a naked baby. Viewer discretion advice. Um, starts out, she's born. Then she goes into school. She's misbehaving. Gets expelled from the school. And her mom's like, why can't she just be normal? They're in London, too. Um, which, like, London's a very conservative during it. Whatever. That doesn't matter. Anyways, during this time period, they're very conservative. Anyways. Um, so she goes to school, gets expelled. Uh, and then her mom takes her some. Like, they're going to London. And then she stops by somewhere. Yeah. To get some, like, help. To get some help. And it's, like, some lady, some old lady. And the mom's asking her for, like, money. And then uh, Estella, which is Cruella. Cruella, goes into the place, and it's like a fashion show, like a party. But she has a dog with her, and then the dog attracts the other dogs, and the three Dalmatians are there. And then they chase Estella outside, and then Estella's running outside, and the three Dalmatians, the mom and the old lady are talking over like a cliff kind of thing. And the three Dalmatians go, and they pounce on the mom. And the mom goes over the cliff and dies. That's how it starts out. Wonderful beginning to a movie, might I say. Especially for Disney. Love it. 
There was something else that happened. Oh, then it, she blames herself. <laughs> yeah. Even better. She blames herself. It's classic Simba and Mufasa <laughs> dilemma all over again. And then, and then I told you, I was like, this is just like Lion King, and she's going to realize it wasn't even her fault. And then he's like, you don't know. Later on in the movie, that's too soon. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> what happens after that? She, the orphans. Yeah, go, yeah. go, go. She's like at a well collecting some coins, and she meets these other two like orphans there. And they're like, where's your family? And then one of the guys is like, well, she doesn't have a family. And so they take her in. Like, they live like in a basement, I think. And they become their own little family. They live together until like, they're like, I don't know, in their 20s. Um, and they make a living by being thieves. They, like, they're con artists. They break into hotels. They break into jewelry stores. Estella makes the disguises because she really wants to be a fashion designer. And, like, she's always looking at this, like, one fashion designing place that's there in the city. Um, and then one of her friends, or there's two of them that are orphans, friends, family kind of thing. And then one of them gets them a job at the fashion department store that she wants, like, to work for. Um, and she starts as a maid, but, like, they don't give her a chance to do anything else, and she can't even be seen there, so she's, like, really miserable. And she keeps asking her boss to, like, promote her and give her a chance, and she's like, nope, 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 nope. Um, no, I don't know. No, no. Like, one time she's, like, cleaning <laughs> during the night, and she's, like, drunk, and so she goes, like, to the window, you know, like, those window displays at stores? Um, with the mannequin. She, yeah, the mannequin. And she's in, like, kind of mannequin's dress, so she, like, she fixes it. But then she, like, changes... She's, like, writing on the walls. I don't know. She, like, made the whole, a whole show out of it. Um, and she falls asleep there. And so the boss is not, is in the fire at her. But then, like, the most prestigious fashion designer of that time there walks into the department store. She's like, who did that to the window? And then the manager gets her, she's like, her, like, she used to work here, we fired her, don't worry. And, um, so then she, she gives her, she has her assistant give Estella the, her card, so she is hired, because she said it was the best winter display they've ever had in 10 years. And so Estella now starts working for this fashion designer that she, like, loves. Yeah. And then... And then she works there, <laughs> she makes stuff. She's got a really good talent, like, this fashion designer loves how she designs stuff, but she doesn't admit it, right, because she's really mean. Um, and so she she kind of works her way up, she's like the, her the favorite designer. And then, so, in the beginning of the movie, her mom gives Estella, like, an, an amulet, like a family heirloom. Yeah. And so, when Estella's talking to the fashion designer, she sees that she's wearing that family heirloom. And so she asks, like, where'd you get that? She's like, oh, it's a family heirloom, but a servant stole it from me once. And so she was really confused. Um, and so she stages, like, a plan to go steal the family heirloom back. But, like, they need a, like, a distraction for them to be able to pull it off. And so what she does is that she pulls off, like, this cool distraction. Like, Estella has red hair. A red hair wig, but in reality she has, like, this black and white like Cruella. Like a, like a, uh, yeah. Yeah. Is that what Well, that's what she has in the original, like, cartoon. She has, like, the black and white, uh, yeah, like, yeah. split. Yeah. Um, she's at the air. And so, it's like a black, it's a black and white party, but she wears, like, a red dress that she puts on fire and everything. And no one knows that it's Estella. Um, and in that moment, 
she trashes the whole party and so the fashion designer calls her Dalmatians onto her using this whistle and so the Dalmatians like run after her and in that moment she realizes that it was the fashion designer who that night that her mom died she blew the whistle and set the Dalmatians after her yeah so the fashion designer murdered her mom and then she gets even more angry and then she tells her friends and then they're but then she gets like mean yeah she adopts like her Cruella's like very dramatic very mean very like she has like dual personalities yeah and then like Estella's more like timid uh polite caring yeah and so Cruella's the opposite yeah but she like she keeps playing between these two personalities and so whenever the fashion designer somewhere she shows up as Corella and like outstages her every time and like gets the front of the paper gets uh <clears throat> like in the spotlight and then Estella is just basically like taking crap from the fashion designer mm -hmm. like always getting treated badly um so that's going on but like when she's Cruella, she's really mean even to her friends and all rude. Um, so what the heck happens after that? I don't know. When Estella's working for uh, the fashion designer. This movie like three days ago, Matt. I know. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Like the the fashion designer is looking at the like the cameras, and so it, it's they're clocking out. All the employees are clocking out for break, and so they all leave campus except for Estella. She sits in the corner and she starts working on her next piece, um, and so. The fashion designer go grabs Estella. She's like, "What are you working on? Like, why have like you hid this for me? Because she really wanted it for herself for Corella." Um, but the fashion designer ends up taking the idea instead, and she wants her to make it. And it's like this beaded dress, and so she works on the beaded dress, and then the fashion designer hides it in a safe. And so they're gonna have like this one spring fest. A spring fest where they reveal all their clothing lines and new pieces. Um, and so when they're going to go get all, all the dresses, Cruella, like, picked the lock or, like, damaged it so they can't open it. And when they do open it, all of these moths fly out of the, out of the safe. And then you realize that instead of beads on the dress, she puts cocoons. Yeah. And, like, and butterflies come cool. out or, like, moths or something. Yeah. Um... And Estella, because Cruella showed up that night, not at her. No, yes. Yeah. No. 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 Estella was supposed to show up to that clothing line outing, fashion spring fest, but she didn't. And across town, Cruella was having like a concert, fashion designer herself, fashion show herself. And so, because because Estella didn't show up that night, and the fashion designer already had like a little bit of a hunch in my in my Estella. Um, she she confirmed that Estella is Cruella, and she knows where Estella lives. And so, the fashion designer and like all of her like bodyguards go to Estella's house. They like tie up her friends, and they. She says. She said like, I'm gonna kill you like because there, there can only be one of us. Um, and then Estella says, you killed my mom, and that's why I'm so mental for you. And she's like, you have to be a little bit more specific. So yeah, you realize she's that like she's killed so everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, she's like, you have to jot my memory. Yeah. She burns the pa- the, her house down. You think she dies. The paper thinks she dies. Everyone thinks she's dead. But the butler, um, the fashion designist, saved her and is, like, taking care of her. And, like, she says, why are you doing this? And he he ends up having, like, the amulet that they try to steal. Yeah. To a key to a treasure chest. And so she opens the treasure chest, and it's, like, a deed, it's a deed to the, like, her house or, like, the mansion or, like, whatever they live in. It's her birth certificate, too, I think. Okay. Yeah. Like, her actual saying who her real mom is and everything oh, yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, and you find out that the mom is a fashion designer. Shocker. Yeah. And I called it in the beginning. I told you, dude. And so, then, um, yeah, so the mom's the fashion designer. And then she comes to this thing of, I've never been a Stella. And, like, she goes to that well where, like, she keeps visiting throughout the movie to, like, talk to her, who she thought was her mom. And she's like, turns out you're not my mom. Like, turns out Estella never existed. This sweet, like, girl that you tried to build up. And I've always just been Cruella. So now she gives in to, like, this mean side of her, like, this kind of nasty, brutal side. Um, and then, why was she wearing that mustache? Why'd she dress up as... Because everyone thinks she's dead. Oh, everyone thinks she's dead. So she wears the disguise. And she goes and, like, gathers up her team again. Um, and she's trying to get her friends to come join back on. They're like, no, like, we're not doing it. Why would we go with you? We don't like Cruella. We like Stella. And she goes, the fashion designer is my mom. And so they stop. And then they're like, all right. So then they join back in with <laughs> Wait, well, her. that explains a lot. Yeah, that explains a lot. And then they join back with her. And they kind of... Uh, De, uh, like kind of construct this whole plan to where she can kill the fashion designer and she wants to kill the you think she's going to kill the fashion designer and uh, so she gets uh, them all in on it and then they go to what was it like a was it the spring thing it was like another party it was another party and <clears throat> the designer knows that she's still alive so she's telling all her security guards like go and look for the hair of Cruella like the black and white well everybody designs their hair like Cruella that night yeah and so they're trying to look and they can't tell her apart so then she comes out and she sees everybody designed like that and then she's like she gives like a toast to uh, Cruella saying oh we're gonna miss her so much and then she goes down to one of the publicists and she says like where is she? And she's like, didn't you just give a toast to her death? Like, why are you asking me where she is? And so she still knows she's alive. And then Cruella slash Estella comes up from behind her and, like, pokes her with something. And then just walks away. And then, uh... What, does she chase her outside? How's the fashion designer end up outside? The dogs. The dogs, the dogs go outside? She takes the whistle over Oh, she takes the whistle and the dogs go outside? Yeah. Okay. And then the fashion designer goes with them. Yeah, so when she poked her, she took the dog whistle from her. And then she, all her friends and the bodyguards and everybody, or the, all the friends and the butlers tell everybody to go out to the porch or out there by the sea where her mom died. And she blows the dog, or they're all talking and she's saying like, you know, 
I know you're my actual mother and all this stuff and like I'm sorry yeah and then she's she sends the dogs after her and she controls the dogs now so Cruella tells the dogs to sit they sit and then the fashion designer starts like pleading with her and she's like let's actually like it's me and you we're a team like let's be mother and daughter and like let's renew our relationship everything like that and she's like come here give me a hug so then Cruella gives her a hug and then she pushes her off of the edge on the cliff and everybody's out there and they go <gasps> and like all the gasp and she's like no 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 she she uh she fell like she moved and she fell and then she's like she fell she fell and like they all saw that she didn't fall and then they arrest her and at this moment we're like dang like is she dead what happened well, and then she she dressed up as a Stella so everyone thought that she like, she killed a Stella not Cruella oh yeah yeah so they thought that she killed a Stella not Cruella and then so she goes over the cliff but she had a parachute on her the whole time and so she flies down gets in a boat somehow dresses up as Cruella and then shows up and nobody knows that that's Estella too like it's the same person so then Cruella gets the house she gets the money she gets all that stuff because she signed it over to herself like Estella assigned it over to Cruella and then that's pretty much how the movie ends. Like the fashion desire goes to jail and Cruella gets to go in her mansion and with her friends and everything like that. And it kind of leads into the 101 Dalmatians movie, which I've never seen, but yeah. that's what I've heard. So yeah, that was Cruella. Um, and yeah, I just, I don't know, dude, Emma Stone's okay. <laughs> She's alright. Right. Uh, the first point we had was about like how she, her friends keep like helping her out even though she's being so mean to her, um, and they keep saying like, but they they don't just like take it. He like her friend confronts her and says like we don't like. Cruella, we like Estella, and, like, you're being mean to us, you're being rude, and everything like that. And she's like, either take her or leave. Like, that's what she poses them with. And so, uh, yeah, like, that reminds us of the church in a little ways. Um, so, yeah, in the church we have our friends that, um, we can depend on to make sure that, like, everyone, or each other is, like, keeping us in check and, like, staying on track and staying looking towards God and so it's important to like make sure you call out I guess your friends like when they're not doing that and um to not just let them keep going down like a sinful path um and like kind of just redirect them towards God I guess um perfect (laughs) you have a verse yeah and Jesus talks about that specifically in the church and he says if your brother sins against you go and tell him go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained your brother but if he has not listened to you take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses if he refuses to listen to them tell it to the church and if he refuses to listen even to the church let him to you as a gentile and a tax collector let him be to you as a gentile and a tax collector um 
and like throughout the movie I mean he says it one time um because she calls him like imbeciles or something yeah. he's like you can't talk to us like that and then another time he like sits down with her and like in private and talks to her and like she still won't change and I think like the third strike is she just didn't they didn't want anything to do with her like they left her and they were like that's it we're done with the friendship um but it was the moment that, like, she came back and apologized that, like, they became friends again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I mean, what's that other verse that Jesus says? Like, if your brother sins against you but repents, you must forgive him. Yeah, if he, because your father in heaven has forgiven you. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, what, seven times fold? So, like, forgive 49. Him. So, 49 times you have to forgive that person. And I feel like the friends do a good job. Um, of resembling, like, you know, discussing stuff with her. They're very gracious, but they're also, like, stern. Like, they're not going to take abuse. Um, it's clear that they're in it for, like, a mutual friendship, um, but they do forgive her, ultimately. So. It's something, like, very rare that we see in the church today. I feel like conflicts are always handled, mm. like, the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, you're against me, or, like, it's me against you, I'm right, you're wrong, rather than keeping an open mind and thinking like this is my brother or sister in christ like maybe i should keep uh like a gracious heart like they're doing to me so sometimes i even feel like it'll be handled handle like it was a business like they'll go to Mm, the pastor yeah okay like you're having like troubles in this ministry well like we'll give this ministry to her and this ministry to you instead of like reconciling yeah that's weird yeah it's weird how church is handled. Yeah, it's like you're right. Si- it's like they just pick up the judiciary system from like the government and like that. Yeah, you're right. More government based than church based. It's weird, dude. It is weird. So next point we saw was like without Christ, like everyone strives to be like the best. Right. Like to be first, so they, like they push people away, like Corolla, like Corolla did. They push you. They put each other first, like someone has a goal in mind they don't they won't let anyone stop them from their goal but like with christ we do the complete opposite like we put ourselves last and we let well, everyone try we try to put ourselves <laughs> and then we put everyone we try to put everyone first before us we turn the other cheek yeah we, we serve people we wash your feet we be humble and corello's we're supposed to be the complete opposite of corello basically we put, we put others first ourselves last we respectful like stuff like that yeah i feel like for her it's more of like an empowerment like an ego thing like building yourself up yeah i think a lot of times like nowadays like there's that self-love and like there's that social media there's like achieve your dream without no one's on yeah like there's always been something in you and like christianity is more like there's never been anything there's something in you but it's sin it's it's not not, of you yeah it's something in you but it's not of you yeah it's not something that uh is good and so, uh, I would say, yeah, like, Christianity kind of flips the opposite, as you were saying. Um, we are called to basically be, like, the lowest on the earth compared to everybody else. This is a verse that says, Philippians 2, 3-4, Do nothing out of selfishness, selfish ambition, or vain conceit. Uh, con- con- you got it. Almost. Conceit? Conceit. Conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Yeah. That's hard. That is hard. That's really hard to do. 
I think that's the ultimate sin is like selfishness. I yeah. think that's like I think that's what began it all and everything. I mean second to blasphemy against the spirit. Well yeah, that's a like unforgivable sin. Yeah. But like I think that what everything was what all of our sin is grounded in, it's like selfishness, yeah. I would say. Um but yeah, that's that's tough, man. Because, like, we may feel like we're doing that, too. Like, we're putting people before us, like... And we could even be selfish in our own actions or in our... Selfish in our selflessness, quote-unquote, you know? Which is crazy to think about. Yeah, like, we do it, like, look how good I'm doing. Well, at least I'm doing this. And, like, it's in the back of our mind, so then that not even that counts. So, like, how often do we actually practice true selflessness? I feel like it's impossible to be selfless without being selfish. You think? Yeah. You think it's impossible? I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like you could do it. I feel like there's been times in my life where, like, I've... There's been points where, like, I'm like, okay, this... Uh, I felt, like, true selflessness. But, like, most of the time when I'm doing something, like, it's, it's more, like, something within me. I'm like, well, at least I did this. Or, like, well, at least I have that. Yeah. Or, you know, to make yourself feel good. That's rare. It's rare to have, like, true selflessness. Yeah, I'd say that. Daisy's thinking hard over there. Yeah. It's all a mind game. It's all a mind game. It's all in the mind. As soon as you think about it, boom, that's a sin then. As soon as you think about it, that's it. It's a sin. You can't think about it. But if you don't think about about it, that's a sin. So, I don't think it is possible. (laughs) If you think about about it, if you think about thinking about it, without thinking... (laughs) Like, it's just... Keep yeah, going. I'm pretty sure it's impossible. Yeah, or, like, yeah, because it's almost like a... I don't know, I saw this quote or, like, uh, post on Instagram, and it's sort of like, Christianity isn't, like, repeating the words of that other people say. And I think about, like, I've learned, like, all, all of these, like, all these things, right? And then, like, you talk about it, and, like, you, you grow more in Christ, but then sometimes we want to do that so we seem more spiritual to others. Mm. Or and even, then, like... To assure our salvation or like yeah. make us feel not, like we're not actually, actually because we desire, and then it's like, oh my god, yeah, that's tough. Then, ah, yeah, yeah. it's all a circle, and then like, yeah, but everything that we do is selfish, like, we're not actually doing it for God's glory, we're doing it for like so ourselves, seem, like, more like we seem that we ever we have the like we're the real deal, like, we're yeah, actually yeah. what we call ourselves to be. Yeah, I remember, um, there was there, uh. I think there's like an old theologian that talks about that. I was reading the book with Jordan and he was saying he was saying, you know, like I had like piety, like I felt that but it was self righteous piety and yeah. like I would go and serve and he's like, But I was only doing that to make sure to reassure myself of yeah. you know, I am this real deal and everything like that. And I remember Jordan looking at me and he's like, So then what are we supposed to do? Cause I was like, Jeez And like it looked like a genuine like question and I was like I don't know, man. And so that's why, I don't know, dude, like we've talked about that childlike faith a lot. And I feel like when you're a child, you're not thinking about a lot of things. Look at Peter. No, hold on. The childlike faith is so weird because we just handle kids and that doesn't make sense. What do you mean? Because they've been corrupted by sin, dude. Like it wasn't supposed to. Think about when you were a kid. How much stuff were you thinking about? Were you stressed about money? I was stressed about hospital kid. Why? <laughs> 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 Why? <laughs> Not Most much has changed. Children. I'll tell you that right now. 
Okay, well, most children don't stress about money. Dude, most children... Dude, childlike faith, okay. Yeah, go ahead. You can't tell salvation to a kid. Yeah, you can. On the way that we know about salvation. Yeah, you can. You I don't think you, you, you saying you saying you, you can't, can't tell a kid about salvation the way we tell we tell regular people about salvation. That's under like that's putting the kid below us. And I think kids aren't given enough credit for what they actually are. Teaching a kid about the gospel is one of the hardest things you can do because the Bible specifically says if you turn these child away, you yeah. If you teach them the wrong thing, so why would I go in there and try to sugarcoat the gospel? Because you can't tell a kid you have to I'm die. I'm telling to your, them straight you up. You can't dude. tell a kid you need to die to yourself. To tie, die to themselves you are because simple. you know they're not gonna do that. They don't get it. Huh? They're not they gonna get, get it. it. So what? They don't get it. We have grown adults that don't get it every day on Sunday morning. What? We're gonna stop telling it like but it's supposed to be told? They don't understand anymore. Huh? They don't understand anymore. No, a they kid, think they understand. They say amen. They say all this stuff. Every day and saying, Look, I'm man, not gonna our, play this game today. ultimately it's not in our hands, so what are you worried about? Dude, you, you, no you matter can't. what you say, no matter what you say, God will be glorified no matter what. So what are you worried about? But either No, what are you worried way, about? We have to sugarcoat it. We have to sugarcoat it. You don't have to sugarcoat it. Because that's the only way they understand it. And I will tell my kids straight up. <laughs> you are a sinner. There's nothing good in you. I love you. Okay, yes, Jesus loves you, but also, you know, God's holy, and you can't be sinful, and we have this sin within us, and therefore, we must repent from our sins, die to ourselves every day, and every day, you don't live for yourself, you don't live for me, you live to glorify God. Not for me, not for your mom, not for anybody else. It's gonna go over the head. And no, maybe it will. that's for you, because, like, you're gonna, like, raise them and, like, be yeah. in the house. But mo most children now, like, in households live under, like, a reward and, like, punishment system. Like, and that's And whole... we need to break that. What's gonna break that? The gospel. As there's much nothing... crap we give the sinner's prayer, Yeah. that's the only way I can think about explaining nope. it. Nope. And then child-friendly way. I'll I'm tell not, you why. I'm not gonna tell a kid you, we tell are Tell him all. the sinner's prayer. Tell him. And then they're going to go to church camp and they're going to tell them, where was the point that you were saved? Oh, well, I said these words one time when I was little and, you know, and that's, I would say right then and there. And they think that their salvation's within this prayer, within this point of time. Your salvation's not in that. Your salvation's in every single day. You're dying to yourself. You're living for Christ and that's it. Are kids going to get that? Probably not, man. But that doesn't mean we don't tell them or like we sugarcoat it down. I think that's the problem. This is how this is how school works, okay? Go ahead. You learn something small. Yeah. Let's say you learn math. Okay. I, I, I learned algebra in like third grade. Right? When do you think you could have learned algebra? I learned it in like fourth, third grade. So that's okay. when. I'm when do take regular kids learn algebra? Like fifth, fourth grade. No. Physics. Ninth grade. No. Sixth yeah. Grade. Ninth grade kids that learn algebra. Full Seven. on algebra. Seventh grade. Huh? Seventh grade. Like That's like the intro to algebra, though. Okay. okay, now let's start with English. Are you talking about full-on algebra, or are you talking about, like, the little things? Little, like, X equations. Okay, yeah. That's like the basics. Middle school. You get to algebra 2. Boom. Very same concept, but extremely different. Yeah. That's what, that's, the church that's what the church is trying to copy. Okay. And that's not 100% wrong. We tell the sinner's prayer. Admit okay. you're a sinner. Okay. Believe Jesus Christ, for you, Jesus Christ died for you. Okay. And boom. What do we say? We are horrible people. We we don't do anything. Okay. And then we have to accept that Jesus died for us. What does that sound but like? But they're not thinking about it. They're not thinking about those words that they're saying in that moment. When I said the sinner's prayer growing up, I didn't think about... I honestly got in my mind to the point where I was like, I can't remember when I did the sinner's prayer. 
Oh my gosh, well, if I can't remember that, then I can't give a testimony of my salvation. If I can't give a testimony of my salvation, am I truly saved? And then every month I'm saying the sinner's prayer. It's more into this prayer. Now I'm serving this prayer rather than serving the one true God. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then we change up. We don't. We keep the sinner's prayer. Not the prayer. We keep the sinner's subject. For everybody listening out there. <laughs> tell your children the gospel. <laughs> I don't think we need to sugarcoat it down. And you, you mentioned school. How we slowly, you know. You, we, dude, school. You want to shelter these kids. I remember being in school and like they, you know, there's certain things teachers can't talk about. There's certain things that they can't cover. Whatever. There's certain things I, I can't cover a, the church. I went into an American history class, and this is what I'm saying. The problem is, I went into an American history class. The guy showed us JFK's head getting blown, like no, no censorship, whatever. And I'm sitting there, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, did he really just show that?" And then I'm like, "What do you guys think happened?" Like, honestly, what do you guys think happened? Like, that's what happened. What do you think happened in the Civil War? What do you think happened in the Revolutionary War? Look, we're meant to be sheltered, but that's not how the world is. It's not this place where we just keep to say, like, you know, do your best and try this and you'll be good and people are going to care for you and all this. No, like, it's not a good place. And I feel like kids can learn things way sooner than other kids. Look at China. They're brutal to their students. Absolutely brutal. You look at a skyscraper, that's getting built in a day in China. We look over here, they can't finish a road within a year. <laughs> you see the issue? Because we're sugarcoating, we're protecting, we're baby, we're bottle feeding, like we're doing all this stuff. And I don't think we should do that when it comes to the gospel. Do it with school, do it with whatever, I don't care about that. That's not, that's not going to determine somebody's internal dwelling. But I don't think we should sugarcoat the gospel at all. I don't think he's saying, like, sugarcut it, but, like, just introduce it in, like, steps so it's not, like, all just, like, bad at once, because, like... No, yeah, but I don't think we should be telling these kids, say this prayer and you'll be good. We should, instead of saying that, like, the beginning steps of salvation. The beginning steps of sh- salvation. Yeah. Okay. Step one. Admit you're a sinner. Oh, no. <laughs> okay? You got Admit you're a sinner. What does that mean? What does it mean to be a sinner? Go. Tell me. What does it mean? To admit you're a sinner? Yeah. That you are perfect for God? Okay. And what does that mean? That means that means God is this unattainable perfection holiness and you're you're nowhere near it. Nowhere in a million years are you gonna be near it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You're But then they don't know what holiness means. They don't know what holiness is. What's holiness? Like South I can't say something. Like, how do you say Like, perfect? Like, all, all is, like, like sinless? Okay, they wouldn't know what all is. And you're trying to explain sin. Yeah. So sinless doesn't work either. They, I can't teach kindergarten, God! <laughs> it's simple. Sin See, like, how, they, how are they going to understand what the sinner's prayer is when they don't understand what sin is? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. they don't understand what holiness means. Like, you gotta, you gotta break it down, but you need to break it down in a way... To where it's real, but also they can understand it in their terms. Now, they're not going to understand words like sovereignty. They're not going to stand words like... The go- they're not even going to understand what the gospel is. They're not going to understand crucifixion, resurrection, all these big words that we use. And so, how would I explain it? I'd be like, look, okay, if I tell you... if your par- I'd be like, do your parents tell you to eat your vegetables? And this is like an old thing. I don't think parents do this anymore. But they would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, and what do you guys do? Well, I don't want to eat them. Why don't you want to eat them? Well, because vegetables are gross. And, and, and. But your parents know what's best for you, right? And they're like, well, and they would argue against it and all this stuff, okay? Then I would go and I'd say, you know why you don't want to eat your vegetables? Because we like to go against 
what your parents say. You don't think that it's actually good for you. But your parents know that it's ultimately good for you. And then I would explain the whole story of God, Adam and Eve, and all this stuff. Like, we have to explain it in ways that they're going to understand, but that doesn't mean that... I just I just feel like we shouldn't share the sinner's prayer. I feel like we should share it to them straight up. And I don't think telling kids that they're sinful, or that they were born in sin, or that they're dead in their sin, even... I don't think that's to the point where that's too much and like we need to back up. And if the church is telling you that, I don't know, man. Maybe we should uh, plan a new church. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Just a thought. Maybe we should say something about that. So, yeah, that's what, dude. Because Jesus said that seriously. He said, if you lead one of these little ones astray, it's better for you to tie rocks to your ankles and drown. Like those aren't. So I don't want to teach these kids like, oh yeah, just say this prayer and nah, 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 here's a candy bar and like all this stuff, you know? I'm be like, no, like you're you're a screw up. <laughs> like I'm a screw up. Like we're all messed up. And so, or even when they were a baby, I talk about when they were a baby, or even when they're toddlers and they would throw tantrums and stuff like that. And they're not gonna remember this, but like you could talk about it. Even now, like they'll cry if they're tired or if they're hungry or something, you know? Hell, I cry when I'm tired, dude. So. <laughs> <laughs> you feel that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What? 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 Why did we go on that rant? What was the? What were we talking? Uh, childlike faith. Childlike faith, dude. Like, okay, we were talking about the the selfish, being selfish in our selfless, selflessness. Yeah. And I feel like, look at Peter. Okay. Peter's the one person in the Bible that does not think before he acts. At all. No. Now that could be a good thing and it could be a bad thing. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's a really bad thing and sometimes it's a really good thing for Peter. He denies Christ three times. Don't think about what Jesus said before that. Cuts off a guard's ear when they come to take Jesus, <laughs> thinking he's gonna save Jesus and like break this whole prophecy. Okay, not thinking. Um, walks out into the water. Okay, biggest actor. Not thing not thinking while he's walking into the water about, you know. Holy crap, I'm walking on water. I'm human. I'm not supposed to be doing this anything like that. Then the moment he starts thinking about everything of our human nature, he starts falling. And Jesus says, oh, you of little faith. Okay? When he, I think it's, is it Luke or John or one of the books ends. And when he is, uh, when Jesus rises, he's on the shore and Peter sees him and he jumps in the water and he just swims to him and doesn't even think about it. And just is so happy to see Jesus and be there. He's not thinking about the times he uh, denied him. He's not thinking about uh, when he cut off the guard's ear. He's not thinking about everything he messed up. He's just so happy to be there with Jesus. Okay? I think that's our own thing. It's like we get caught in this thing of overcomplicating everything. Of just thinking and thinking and thinking. And the more we think, the more we get into this thing of how much am I adding up? Am I actually doing more good than evil? Am I actually... And we start being like the Pharisees. We start being religious. And so I think that's what... Ultimately, like, childlike faith. Like, they don't... They aren't concerned with any of that stuff, dude. Like, they're just happy. When I... When my dad used to get home... Man, I used to see my dad as, like, this great figure and everything like that. You know? And it wasn't until I grew up older and I'm like, Dang, dude, like, you don't know much more than me about life, you know? He's learning, too. And that's mind-blowing. But, like, when he would get home, dude, I would just hug him. I'd be so excited. I'm not thinking about everything else. And I feel like that's how the kids were with Jesus. And I feel like that's how we're supposed to be. Like, we're just supposed to be so happy and so fulfilled and so joyous, like, with having a relationship with him. So, yeah, if we could uh, 
But if we could do that, but as you get older, dude, you get more bitter and you just start thinking more and more. So it's tough. It's a tough thing to do. Um, that's our rant on the gospel <laughs> and children and how to share the gospel. To it was BBS week. Yeah, it was BBS week at a church. So, uh, yeah. All right. Three. I digress. <laughs> Point number three. <laughs> what is point number three? A very common saying that we hear today is evil is not bored, it is made. I think it's something that we like, cover this. <laughs> most it's people believe. We just talked about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> most people believe. Um, like, everyone is good, and, like, you're not really bad until, like, you learn how to be bad, or, like, people who are bad, like, they, because they come from a bad, like, circumstance, bad household. Um, what was cool about the movie, Corolla, is that, like, they kind of flipped that around. Like, she was good, and then she realized, like, I was, I was born evil. Like, I tried to be, I tried to learn what good is, but, like, I I just can't learn it, and it's not who I am. I'm an evil person. Um, and we have Ephesians 2, 3, which says, All of us, all of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Um, so naturally, we're children of wrath. Naturally, we choose sin. Naturally, we go against what God is about. Um, naturally you want to like choose everything that's opposite of the spirit and I feel like that's a common like misconception I think that like the church will believe that but if you're good you're good and if you're good like you're like it's gonna be okay as long as like you make the right decisions but we don't make the right decisions and we need, and we need God for like everything that we all Every, every decision that we make in our life. It's hard to think about, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean... And I think... I think there's even, like, faiths that teach around the world. Like, you know, you start at this point, And, like, if you do this, you move down to this point. If yeah. You do this, like, you start out at a point where you're good, like, and you're fine. Um, and Christianity kind of takes that and says, no, like, you start, you're dead. And that's it like there's no there's no saving yourself there's no um desire within you to do good that's what romans 3 says and you know you're just that's it you're dead like you don't want to obey god you don't seek god none, none of this stuff so um it's not an easy thing to digest because we honestly do think we're good and that like people can do good things and like be good people um, for to God, our most righteous deeds are, are like filthy rags, rags, dude. Yeah. But, like, what is the good we're trying to attain? Well, if there's an all-perfect, all-holy God, that should be the good we're trying to attain. And if he's all-perfect, all-holy, we're not reaching it, you know? So, we're not good at all. Like, we're never going to fit that. And that brings us to our last point. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Just because we are bad and evil and born with like flesh and in the world, it doesn't mean that we can use our excuses like that's who I am. I can't change it. Like I'm stuck like this. And in the movie of Corolla, we see that like 
at the end of the movie, she accepts, you know what, I'm Corella. Like, I'm not going to be anybody else. I'm not Estella. Um, I'm my mother's daughter. Like, I have, like, these psychopathic tendencies. Um, I mean, I'm crazy, I'm dramatic, and that's just who I am. And I'm not going to change. Oh, and I feel like I know a lot of people who are like that. You like that sometimes? You like that? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we've all been like that at some point. Like, that's how we all are. Like, we're honestly all Cruella. That's And we're just like, huh? So, 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 so that's who we are? Yeah, like, we're just like, we're, we're, we're awful. <laughs> yeah, we're like Cruella. We're like, we're awful, we're horrible, like, we're just... So why not just be that? And, yeah, I mean, that's a good way. I mean, that's the easy way of thinking about it. Um... A lot of people who don't believe in God take that stance, and they're like, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm going to do, and you know what, if he's all great, all powerful, then he'll come and save me, you know? Yeah, or like, God created me this way. Mm-hmm. God made and me so, this like, way. so, like, he understands why, like, I'm like this. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's a whole nother. It's a selfish God. Uh, it's a whole God thing. It's just all broken. <laughs> Humanity's just broken in the way we think about it. And, like, we've all been there. But, I mean, it's 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 one thing to say, you know, I don't want to believe in this God or anything like that. And then just go do what you want and go to that sinful nature. And then it's another thing to be like, no, this is how God made me. Or, like, I'm just like this. And continue to do what you want, but yet you say you have this faith. And yet you, like, yeah. you make your sin seem righteous in what God has and that's uh that's a whole nother whole nother thing but yeah that's why that's why I like to so much pray man that's it cause cause it makes it, it brings that that methodology that like I could just say this prayer and go do what I want yeah there's so many kids in high school that I saw Oh, well, I gave my life to Christ when I was 11, I got baptized this, and then they're out there doing whatever they want, you know? Like, they're not looking to live every day for Christ. They're not looking for this whole life switch, this whole life change. And I was even one of those kids. And so, I think it's important for us to know, you know, you want to have salvation, you want to, um, you want to live for Christ, not to go to heaven, not to be safe, but not to like prosper or anything like but because you believe he's the ultimate thing that you can attain and like he is this great father that you're going to be with one day and so that's that's where salvation would come from you you de you kill your own desires in your own life and you just live for him ultimately but yeah you know people like that or what yeah Daisy's about to call him out by name she pulls out a list <laughs> No. Calls on the podcast. Checking it twice, dude. I got. No, no, it's not very close to me. Um, but like, no, I'll talk to her about the Bible, or I'll talk to her, and she'll have like these problems, um, that are like very easily like solved with the gospel. And she's like, she believes. I, I don't believe that she's a that she's a Christian. Um, but she'll just say like, no, he's like, that's just not who I am. Like, I'll try it. I'll try it. I'll try it. But like, I mean, like God, this God just works differently with me. Yeah. Has, I mean, sure, God like has like their own his own relationship with his children, but like the Bible is very clear. The Bible is not gonna like have exceptions, you know what I mean? And so like it's very frustrating when she says like 
like that's who I am. Like I'm not gonna change, and like I'm I'm already like late in my life. Like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna go back now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But even then, like we're we're just serving ourselves as God, you know? Yeah. And like I think that's why the story of Jonah is so tough. Because, like, Jonah's this great prophet, you know, they all know he speaks to God. And VeggieTales, like, he's getting letters straight from God. And they all know, they're all like, oh, Jonah, you got another letter from God? Like, what did it say? And, uh, ultimately, like, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm all good. Like, I'm fine. Him and I are tight and everything like that. Until God pushes the line. It seems like we draw this line and we're like, we'll serve you up until this point. And once it comes across this point, like, that's it. I'm starting to look out for myself and that's us like that we are jonah that's the suckiest part about the story of jonah is because every time i read jonah i'm like wow what a douchebag like you're you're awful like you're horrible and then i'm like crap like that's me like i'm jonah and so um and jesus even says like he compares himself to jonah he's like i'm gonna do what you saw in the times of jonah but like i'm gonna complete it and it shows like our sinful nature and everything like that so yeah it's not it's not an easy calling <laughs> this is probably the hardest person to follow in the whole world this is the hardest god this is the only god one and two <laughs> it's not easy <laughs> for us to be with him so we always bring it down we always end on a sad note i love it me too <laughs> <laughs> on a happy note um for anybody listening out there and you guys having like you guys wouldn't consider yourself christian or like you don't know if you are say um, sinners pray with me <laughs> <laughs> if you could if you could just raise your hand right now okay everybody else eyes closed head down if you just raise your hand i see you I see you. Thank you. I see you. I see you. That's what they do at every single trip. I see you. Yes. Okay. And like, I want to pick my head up and look at like who is raising their hand. You know, like why you gotta say I see you? Like, <laughs> so. Um. No, it's not. It's not a bunch of words that you string together. It's not a certain act. It's not a to do list. We've talked about that. It's literally you waking. It's you just committing. And if you want to pray to him, pray to him. Like, by all means, that's not an issue. But, like, don't think that it's the words that you're saying that's going to assure your salvation. It is you turning from your life of sin, realizing you're a sinner, and believing that Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for your sin. And now you live life born again as a person that is not living for the desires of humanity, for, for just yourself trying to build your own ego trying to build your own uh world around your selfishness but rather it's it's you living for this god and what he commands of you and what he asks us to do and ultimately share the gospel with others so uh yeah we'll end on that note um what's the next movies we're doing harry potters we're doing harry potters which i was not allowed to watch growing up because you know witchcraft Hashtag, we love Baptist households. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, thanks for listening, guys. We love you as always. Um, should we, like, introduce ourselves out? No. As always, I'm Matt. You guys let me down. <laughs> you guys really did. <laughs> All right, well, we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. <laughs>